Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire-Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together, helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular, completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. I am giving you the steps and the mindset shifts that I go through every day with my private coaching clients, and it is completely free. So if you are sober curious, if you've been thinking about taking a break from alcohol, this class is going to set you up for success. I promise you it is worth your time. So hit pause on this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class and save your seat. Hi there. Today, my guest is the co-founder of Athletic Brewing Company, Bill Schufeld. And I invited Bill onto this show because I am a huge fan of Athletic Brewing Company beer. Today, Bill and I are going to talk about the growth and the demand for quality craft non-alcoholic beers that actually taste and look really good and how the growth in non-alcoholic beer options and other options really normalizes the choice not to drink, both for people who are stopping drinking completely, but also for athletes and other people who want to feel good and drinking is just really not supporting their health initiatives, or how they want to feel every day. Bill co-founded Athletic Brewing Company with John Walker back in 2017, and he quit drinking eight years ago. After Bill stopped drinking, he was increasingly frustrated with the lack of non-alcoholic options available to him. He talks about that there is a penalty box for making healthy choices where 
you go to a sports bar and drink Diet Cokes, or you go to a wedding and get cranberry sodas. And that's just not cutting it anymore. And we have a really interesting conversation about the fact that 50% of Americans don't drink, which to me is insane, right? Because everybody I know or hung out with who isn't sober is or was a big drinker. But among that 50% who do drink alcohol, 60% have fewer than one drink a week. So the portion of the population who was drinking but wanted a non-alcoholic option was really underserved. And then for those of us who love to drink, but decided to not drink alcohol anymore, there was a real lack of quality options for what you could drink. And in the last three years, four years, those options have exploded in terms of really cool non-alcoholic beer options or cocktail options or wine options. And I really celebrate that because I think it's exciting and interesting. So please take a listen to this episode. And if you're interested in trying out Athletic Brewing Company beers, I am an ambassador for the program. I actually applied because I'm just a huge fan of them. And you can get 20% off your first order if you go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and put in the code KCD20. So it's C-A-S-E-Y, D as in Davidson, the number 20, and you'll get 20% off your first order. So I hope you learn a lot in tuning in to this conversation with Bill Schufelt. So Bill, welcome to the show. Casey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I was mentioning in the intro that I found Athletic Brewing Company beer about a year and a half ago, and I absolutely love it. I quit drinking almost six years ago, and I feel like at the time I did, there wasn't any great sort of non-alcoholic options that I really loved. So did a lot of ginger beer and LaCroix and sparkling water, which was awesome. But when I found your beers, I was like, okay, I needed this. Oh, thank you so much. And um, I mean, so much of that has like really common threads with my experience too. I mean, I stopped drinking about eight years ago as well. And really there was nothing out there. And all the options that were on the market were over 25 years old, some were over 50 years old. And it was very much the same post-prohibition near beer category. And obviously came with the same baggage of those types of offerings. And it was like the only group of the grocery store that hadn't turned over in that time frame where everything was organic, local, exciting, had like great marketing around it. And then there was this one totally passed over corner of the grocery store, which was crazy. And then anything else I tried, like um, you said ginger beer, like, but that has like 35 grams of sugar in it. Yeah, and it's like, too sweet. Yeah, like every beverage had a drawback and I didn't want to have like a soda with a nice dinner and I just felt like I was given the kids menu everywhere I was going. And it's funny. I like, it became such a pain point in my life. Yeah, I know. I used to always, and, and nothing against O'Doul's, but that was like the one choice that was like, Oh, I don't want an O'Doul's, you know? So it's really fun to see all the new options out there. Oh, thank you. I'm, and I'm definitely like customer number one. I like definitely, I'm still like such a like passionate customer of every beer we come out with. And I get excited when I get the emails and like, I drink our beers all day. And so it's like, 
kind of exact. It wasn't like we were a marketing department who was like, oh, like, let me try to guess what the customer needs and like do a focus group and then try to make a product to meet that. It's like, and these were actually like we were. I never wanted to be in food and had no intention of being an entrepreneur or anything. I'm like definitely not non-alcoholic beer. Like I'd never even thought about non-alcoholic beer before really. It was just, I was, it was like such an authentic need and I missed having like a good adult beverage that I was excited about. And it was such a ritual in the day. And so before I knew it, I was like reading brewing textbooks and trying to figure out like better ways to make non-alcoholic beer. So it's so crazy. I never intended to be here, but I'm definitely like, like our top customer probably. And like, so it's like definitely an authentic need in my life. Yeah. And what I love is I've heard you say that eight years ago, when you were looking around and trying to improve your life and health and fitness, you found one area that was incompatible with the rest, which was those like alcohol drenched nights and weekends and hangovers and so tell me a little bit about that and what made you decide that, you know, you needed to remove alcohol from your life versus what we all do, which is like, let me just cut back. Yeah. And I definitely like tried to cut back from time to time too. And I'm definitely just like, I have a big appetite. I'm a huge foodie. I love beer. I love food. I love social occasions. And like, I never knew when to stop too. And you can go in with the best laid plans. And if you have one beer, the plan kind of goes out the window. And I also like every occasion, there was an excuse to drink too. like be it a, I was going out to like three work dinners a week or dinner with my wife, sports bars with friends and different things. And like everything could be a drinking occasion. And as soon as I stopped making them a drinking occasion, I realized I loved all of it just as much as I ever had. Um, And none of my friends really cared if I was drinking or not. They just cared if I was there and having a good time as well. And that I had something in my hand that I was excited about. And so very easily I moved away from that. Um, Or, well, I like kind of had the realization in my life that I didn't really, like it wasn't like the functional ingredient alcohol I was after. I was just after like something to have in my hand that I was excited about. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause for a minute? I am 48, so if you're going through it, I'm right there with you. I mean, hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts, the low moods, the poor sleep, it is not cool. And that's why I was really excited to find a supplement called Hormone Harmony by Happy Mammoth. It contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like those super fun hormonal changes. It helps reduce menopause symptoms head on. And if you're interested in trying it, you can use the code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Women cannot stop raving about it on social media, but the biggest benefit is the simplest, feeling like yourself again. So if you're going through this, like I'm going through this, for a limited time, you can get 15% off your first order at happymammoth.com with promo code HELLO. That's happy, M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com. 
and use promo code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Yeah, I mean, I totally get what you're saying about there always being an occasion to drink because that was my experience too. I kind of drank seven nights a week. And when you drink, you surround yourself with drinkers and sort of unconsciously structure your social life. So it's always a part of your activities. And one of the things I like about athletic is when you walk in and you say, oh, no, thanks, I'm not drinking and ask for something else, there is sort of this stigma or people don't quite know what to do with you. They're sort of like, oh, we'll just have one. You're okay. And you're right. You just really need something in your hand and just be like, oh, no, actually, I'm really excited about this. You should try it kind of thing. That's exactly what we are like. Our whole motto is brew without compromise, like that you don't have to compromise on taste or experience. And like you nailed it exactly. We want people to be able to go back and be like overly excited about like, you've actually got to try this. It's awesome. And you're going to wake up feeling great tomorrow. You get a good night's sleep. It's made from organic grains, like, or like check this like fruited sour out or like, it's like, we're really just trying to make people so excited and like delighted about like what they're consuming. And everything about non-alcoholic beer has always been penalty box and less than, and like even the word non-alcoholic has like, it starts with a negative and like, it's kind of got one like foot in the hole before it starts. And everything we've done is try to make that positive and aspirational and exciting and like healthy. And so, yeah, just trying to kind of turn all those like stigmas on said. Well, yeah. And you started, I mean, you named it athletic and then you really started bringing these non-alcoholic beers to races, right? At the end of races. Yeah. Um, And my wife always jokes. She's like, Billy would have said yes to anything. Like anyone who asked anything to be there. Like the first year I did like 75 athletic events where I would usually like run the race and then get behind the booth and hand out beers after. But I really just wanted to find like non-alcoholic beer had always been this thing where it would be in a bar and like people would try to find the designated drivers and get it in their hands and market to really specific situations. I wanted to find people who were like happy, sweaty, celebratory and in a really good mood and get it in their hand then and like associate non-alcoholic beer with those types of moments rather than these like really weird like lesser than occasions and of course we know we're going to sell beer to all the traditional use cases of non-alcoholic beer and we'll do that by just being the best option on the market but really we want to be out there like opening this whole new broader category of positive aspirational occasions so yeah every weekend i would wake up at three or four in the morning drive somewhere within six hours of connecticut hand out a thousand beers and come back and do it again the next day and now we have our team all over the country and our amazing group of ambassadors which you're in and it's like really such a strong community and it's so awesome and yeah we're a huge believer of like a thousand true fans and just like it, it really is like so much more than the product like we want to have a positive impact on people's lives and then their communities and the environment beyond that. Yeah. And I also, I, I used to love it, of course, when I was drinking, when I would like do a triathlon and then there would be like the beer tent at the end of the race. Um, 
But once I stopped drinking, I was like, wow, that's really counterintuitive, right? You did this huge athletic effort. And then the option at the end is like Gatorade or alcohol. And I played rugby in college. So if you know the rugby culture, it's like you play rugby and then you immediately have this like huge keg party with everyone from every team and sing songs and stuff. So there was that really strong correlation between team sports, big athletic activities, and alcohol. And I completely think it's awesome that you guys are bringing the NA beer to the end of those races because, you know, drinking alcohol is actually really bad for your athletic performance. Yeah. And those celebratory occasions are great. Um, But if people are serious about their performance and recovery, um, alcohol is really counterproductive. Alcohol is a diuretic, which essentially means like when you consume it, the body tries to flush it out. And so it dehydrates you. And But also like in terms of training and like working with our Ironman athletes and stuff, and everyone has like all sorts of different fitness wearables these days from eye watches to whoop bands and everything. And we can see how alcohol like affects sleep and all these other variables. Um, like the process of working out is like, all like small micro tears of muscles and your body recovers when you sleep. And when you like, it's, it's not necessarily while you're working out, you make the gains. It's when you sleep, you make the gains, but alcohol affects sleep. And so you don't really recover. And the human body makes human growth hormone when it sleeps. So if you're not getting good sleep and recovery, it can be really counterproductive. So that's like some of the science behind why swapping a non-alcoholic beer for alcoholic beer in those athletic occasions is actually really positive also. Yeah. And I have to say, so I did become an athletic brewing company ambassador. I like put in the application because I'm like the biggest fan and I got accepted and joined the group and was totally impressed and thoroughly intimidated because the people in the group introducing themselves are like, ultra runners and world champion skimboarders and hikers and climbers and Ironmen, which is totally inspirational. And I'm like, wow, I'm a little out of my league. But I love that there, you know, I would say a lot of people say, oh, my, I'm two years sober, I'm five years sober, and athletic was amazing in helping me adopt that lifestyle. Other ones are just like, hey, I love drinking athletic beer because I want to be a better athlete or improve my recovery or have quicker race times and all of that stuff. Yeah, the ambassador team is incredible. I mean, the uh, caliber of athletes on our athletic roster is amazing. And on our team, even um, one of our brewers has had one of the fastest ultra marathon times in the country in 2018. And Olympian Molly Seidel, was actually she won the bronze medal at Tokyo in the marathon, but she was actually on our ambassador team, and she won the U.S. O- or the U.S. Olympic trial marathon out of the blue, totally. And so it's an amazing group of athletes of all different skills and uh, professions. And but we also like to say everyone's an athlete. Like I'm, like I love to consider myself an athlete, but I'm like a total sightseer compared to all these elite athletes and. Like I can run forever, but it's at a super, super slow speed and I'll do any workout out there and just happy to do it with a smile on my face. And, but even like beyond athletics, like we like to say everyone's an athlete in all sorts of different ways. And 
the word athletic is just meant to more be uh, positive and inclusive where um, uh, 50% of adults don't really drink and are like kind of cut out of like great social occasions that like kind of are built around alcohol. And so we're excited to welcome them into those occasions. And yeah, so everyone's an athlete is kind of one of our sayings. Yeah, I first of all, I read that, that in your research, you said that 50% of people don't really drink or barely drink. And first of all, I found that incredibly hard to believe, right? Because I was like a bottle of wine a night girl, seven nights a week, a lot of my friends drink. So I was like, seriously, 50% of adults don't really drink. And that's, that's kind of amazing. It blew my mind too. And I think beer advertising would have us have believed that 98% of people drink like a beer a night or whatever, or a glass of wine a night. And it really is that 80% of the alcohol is consumed by 20% of the people that that caught me so off guard. Like and raising my hand as part of that group. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I cl- I definitely was too. And it took me like slowing down my drinking and like reflecting on it to like look at how much more I was drinking than a lot of people do. And and also realizing that like one of my biggest realizations was that people didn't care how much I drank. Yeah. And so, and then I liked buying drinks more than I ever liked drinking them myself too. And And it's also like not really our goal is to like not really sacrifice and have it be about the alcohol. Like, like one of the big things about our beers is actually right now I'm drinking a coffee stout, but this is like such a afternoon treat where it's like a little coffee pick me up. It's an interesting beverage. And, but like so much of like drinking is centered around like stress relief or helping sleep or something like that. And where it, it's really stress relief to just like go through the ritual of like yeah. having your favorite drink or your favorite beer or your favorite mocktail or even outside of athletic products. There's amazing like aperitifs and stuff like Gia and stuff like that. So it's that ritual of like grabbing an IPA to have with your tacos. And it's not necessarily about the alcohol. It's about having a good drink and good food and relaxing with your family and stuff. And then you can have the whole ritual and then feel good in the morning and get a good night's sleep as well. Yeah, I have I work with women who typically are just starting to stop drinking. Like they've tried to moderate for years and have gotten like two weeks or a month or a couple of days and then always gone back to drinking. So I work with them sort of in the first hundred days of not drinking alcohol and sort of getting them to that point. So they get out of the really hard part and start feeling great and want to keep going. And for a lot of them, it's really about habit change, right? So you get to five o'clock or six o'clock and you're used to getting your happy hour drink. And so the substitution of opening it in a beer or a different beverage really helps them, right? Because psychologically you're like, oh, I'm having my happy hour drink I'm just not getting the negative physical effects of alcohol and you're typically not drinking six of them. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And it's about like making those special rituals for sure. I, I definitely agree with you. It's not about like depriving you of like one of your favorite parts of your day. You've like definitely got to replace that with something. And it could be like, so if you're used to having like a glass of wine at five o'clock, say, you could have a beer and a piece of chocolate or something or like something special that like really makes that a great moment for you. I'm definitely a huge believer in that. 
Yeah, something I did after I stopped drinking was so like Friday nights, it used to be like, oh, you'd like leave work and have a beer or drinks. And like it would, it was like the start to the weekend. I had Friday night, I would, after work, I would meet up with like a group of people who don't drink and get a good bite to eat and hang out. So it was like still a social thing on Fridays that I could look forward to. And it wasn't like, oh, here's where I start missing out or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the more people who get used to non-alcoholic beer and have it and try it, it's sort of seamless. You know, some people want to have an alcoholic drink. Some people don't. I have to say I had a birthday party here this summer and, you know, coronavirus, it was sort of one of our first big gatherings outside and fire pit and all that kind of good stuff. And I just had like, three coolers, we had a cooler like labeled like alcoholic drinks. And then we had a cooler labeled non alcoholic drinks. And we had all the athletic and some groovy Prosecco and bubbly rosé and stuff like that. And then we had like the kids drinks, right? So everything that was great for kids, and it was just awesome. People could just go and grab it. And I actually did a taste testing for a lot of my friends who drank with all the different athletic non-alcoholic beers. And they were like, oh, this is actually really good. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but I cannot believe how fast this year is flying by. We're all busy. But one of the most important things you can do to make sure you're on the right path is to carve out some time to celebrate your victories and to notice what you've wanted to change but haven't been able to yet. Whether you're navigating sobriety, setting boundaries, or striving to be the best version of yourself, therapy can be a game changer. Therapy is for anyone looking for growth and support. And if you're considering it, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's convenient, it's flexible, and it's entirely online. So take a moment for yourself and visit betterhelp.com forward slash someday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash someday. I love it. Um, So a lot of adults were already looking for non-alcoholic drinks too. I think they just weren't always socially available or available at grocery stores and stuff too. Like people didn't know what to buy in those occasions. Um, uh, Even before this category started to take off, I did a bunch of Google surveys before I quit my job. And in every survey, it was like 55% of adults would say, I would love a good non-alcoholic beverage. I would love a good non-alcoholic beer if it just tastes good or didn't have the stigma. Um, but at the time, like despite 55% of people saying they would want it, only 0.3% of the beer market was non-alcoholic beer. And so there was this huge gap between 0.3? what people wanted. and Really? Yeah. And so it was like almost non-existent. And so there's this like huge gap between like what people wanted and what the industry was providing. So I think had a cooler, like you're suggesting, have been there at a lot of parties in the past, I think people would have been excited to find it. Um, But like kind of the industry just didn't know people were looking for it. Yeah. And you had mentioned, so you said that the non-alcoholic beer market 
hadn't seen any new innovation or new products in like 25 or 30 years. But in Europe, there's a big market for non-alcoholic beers. And I noticed that I went to Amsterdam a couple summers ago with my husband. And first of all, amazing non-alcoholic beers at every restaurant you go to. But I went to my cousin's house with her husband and she didn't know I'd quit drinking. I hadn't seen her in a number of years and we were staying with them and they just sort of were like, oh yeah, do you want a non-alcoholic beer? When I told her and I was like, you have it in your fridge? She's like, oh yeah, well, we just like to have it around because sometimes we feel like drinking something, but don't want the alcohol. And in the US, that would like blow my mind that someone who is a drinker would just keep non-alcoholic beer around. Yeah, it's amazing that it's, and it's funny in Europe, the non-alcoholic beer market is so much bigger and it's not necessarily that the options are like so much better. Um, a lot of them are very straightforward lager offerings, um, similar to some of the U.S. offerings. Um, and, but I think it's the stigma in society really where in the U.S. we've had alcohol taken away in prohibition. And so there was this like major marketing pushback on, on that and the place in society. And where in Europe, there's this culture of moderation and children like learning how to drink gradually. And like I've had friends, some of my friends in high school, one of them grew up in Belgium and then moved to the US in high school. And he couldn't believe that we drank Jägermeister as a shot. He was like, I, I sipped this with my grandmother, like, and they didn't really like understand drinking to get drunk. And um, yeah, and like, there's like the French cafe culture where like you drink a beer with lunch and then um, you could have multiple beers with lunch and then go back to work and stuff. So yeah, such a different culture. And I'm, I'm so, that's exactly the kind of barriers we're trying to knock down in the U S is like, whether like, taking the separating the word drinking from alcohol and yeah. just like you're just drinking something you're excited about individually regardless of the functional ingredients inside it yeah definitely because you know a lot of people especially in the early days get completely like deer in the headlights when someone is like oh we should go for a drink and part of working through that is saying that is just shorthand for i want to hang out with you after work and talk it does, you know, beer does not necessarily equal an alcoholic drink. You can drink anything with them and, you know, have a good time and have the same experience. So like you said, that's just part of separating in our mind that having a drink, going out to dinner, happy hour equals alcohol in your glass. It's just a beverage. I totally agree. Yeah. It's like whatever you're excited about, whatever you're in the mood for and like they, people really just want to have someone there to like talk to, hear them. And it's about the human to human connection and having something in your hand that you're excited about is part of that. But the alcohol isn't really necessarily. I always like one of my biggest reflections too, as I stopped drinking was like so many of my favorite beers like that I had and like when you like first get to a bar and see a friend that you haven't seen in a long time, or when you like, when I like get to a bar and see my brother or at the finish line of a race, have a beer, it like none of those moments have anything to do with alcohol at all. It has everything to do about the person you're with, the ingredients in the glass and 
everything like that. And the rituals humans have been going through for thousands of years. And alcohol affects you down the line two or three hours, but that's not like this moment. And so that was a big realization for me too, that um, like alcohol wasn't actually like the functional ingredient in the moment I often thought it was. Yeah. Well, and not only that, I mean, one of the big things that you are sort of addressing is the fact that alcohol is a really big issue for a lot of people. I mean, you know, within the last 15, 20 years, alcohol use has sort of gone off the charts. And I think I read in one of your um, statistics that in 2016, 14% of deaths among people 20 to 39 were attributable to alcohol. And in 2019, there were 14.5 million people aged 12 and up with an alcohol use disorder. In the pandemic, that's just gotten even worse. And I know that for women and older people, the alcohol use and binge drinking is going off the charts. Like that's the largest growth group of people drinking a lot or nightly. So the fact that non-alcoholic beer and all the other amazing non-alcoholic drinks are more widely available is also helpful to people who are like, gosh, I really need to reevaluate my relationship with alcohol. I need to cut it out but I'm surrounded by it constantly. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And all those stats are great. And are, they're not great. They're the opposite <laughs> of great. Um, and there's, uh, I read a stat somewhere recently too, that like 36% of people in jail were under the influence of alcohol when they committed their crimes. And it's something like 54% under drugs or alcohol. Um, and I like also reflecting in like, when I stopped drinking, it was like such a performance unlock. Like my sleep was so much better and you miss those whole like days where if you have like three drinks and then eat poorly, you sleep poorly, that kind of builds on itself for like three days where you don't, or like two or three days. And um, it it's so much easier to stay on track with sleeping, eating, productivity and work and like chipping away at products and working out and uh, communication and um, like removing alcohol, like removed like 95% of these like distractions that were like so avoidable in my life. And um, I still like it. I still have plenty of cheat meals and ice cream and everything. And it's like, but there's so many calories that I've replaced too, that um, like in the, with the average beer probably being like around 150 calories or the average glass of wine probably being closer to 300 calories. Um, like if you swap out three to six drinks a week, there's a lot of extra calories you can mix in for cookies and ice cream and fun stuff as well. Yeah. I'm my favorite. I was going to ask you what your favorite athletic brewing company beers are. So just because we were doing this interview, I'm kidding. I brought out like my four favorites. So I've got Upside Dawn, which is a golden, and that one's only 50 calories. And you're totally right. I'm outside with my husband by the fire pit and pick up his beer. And I'm like, oh my God, this is 190 calories, you know? So huge difference. And I love your light copper, the Cerveza Athletica, and the Run Wild. That one is awesome, the IPA. And I've got the Closer by the Mile, which is a different non-alcoholic IPA. So what's your favorite or do you have a couple? 
definitely some of those there. Uh, Run Wild's definitely my favorite. It's probably like 70% of the beer I drink. And it's like a classic West Coast IPA. And it's definitely our most popular and most highly awarded beer. And it's one of the first beers we brewed. Um, so I, I definitely love that beer. I love the Closer by the Mile charitable beer you have there. Um, those proceeds all go to support Dana-Farber Cancer Institute as part of the Pan Mass Challenge. Um, so, and that beer just won a pretty big award recently at the Great American Beer Festival, too. Oh, cool. Um, I love that yeah. it supports cancer research because my husband is always like, oh, dude, you're such a doubter. But we go to, he works at a private school and every year they have their like, you know, coaches against cancer or sports games where everybody's sort of donating to breast cancer and everybody wears pink and the ribbons, which is all amazing. And they do these giant gift baskets, which are filled with wine. And I'm just leaning over to him be like, yeah, that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, I think people yeah. literally don't know the connection between alcohol and cancer and just the contribution and how much it raises your risk. But it's always been very counterintuitive to me when all these alcohol brands are doing, you know, breast cancer month activities and on their jerseys and everything else. Yeah. And so, yeah, we definitely try to do our part for sure. Um, but yeah, the risk between alcohol as a carcinogen is definitely really real. Um, I'm trying, in terms of my other favorite beers we make, I mean, so we've released over 50 beers this year. I think one of my favorites recently was a blueberry IPA we did. Uh, that was really fun. Um, but we have a really exciting light beer coming up too, which um, we're excited to release to everyone. Uh, but that'll be coming up really soon. But that's about 25 or 30 calories too, which will what? be a really fun beer coming up. That'll be yeah. awesome. Well, so how do you, you know, with your beers, it seems like you've got a couple staples and then you also have seasonal releases. How does that work? Um, so really a lot of it is, um, it's from the community. Like we take a lot of feedback of what people want. And the great thing is we have our own breweries and we have all different size tanks from like three and a half barrel uh pilot systems that are basically like only up to like my chest off the ground to 800 barrel tanks, which uh, you can probably see in the background here, but those um, yeah, hold over uh, 24,000 beers in them. And um, so it's, um, we can do it any size all over the map, but um, we just get inspiration or ideas from either our community or our brewers and we can try stuff at the super small end. And if it tastes good, we scale it up and uh, share it with our community or tap room and take feedback on it. Like for example, uh, this coffee stout I'm drinking right now, first ride. Um, one of our brewers in San Diego tried 20 different local coffee companies and roasters and basically did sensory and taste tests with all the coffee and we chose our favorite coffee. And then that is what made it into the first ride coffee porter, this Trident local coffee. Um, or someone else on our team the other day was like, you know, we haven't done anything with ginger yet. And so started him and the lead of our lab uh, processed up a ton of ginger and they made both a ginger sour and a ginger IPA on the small system. And we're going to see how that tastes in a couple of weeks. But there's like always like fun experimentation going on. And the ideas come from everywhere, really. 
That's very cool. Well, so I actually don't know. How do you make non-alcoholic beer and how is it different than your typical craft brew? Hi there. If you're listening to this episode and have been trying to take a break from drinking, but keep starting and stopping and starting again, I want to invite you to take a look at my on-demand coaching course, the Sobriety Starter Kit. The Sobriety Starter Kit is an online self-study sober coaching course that will help you quit drinking and build a life you love without alcohol, without white knuckling it or hating the process. The course includes the exact step-by-step coaching framework I work through with my private coaching clients, but at a much more affordable price than one-on-one coaching. And the Sobriety Starter Kit is ready, waiting, and available to support you anytime you need it. And when it fits into your schedule, you don't need to work your life around group meetings or classes at a specific day or time. This course is not a 30-day challenge or a one-day-at-a-time approach. Instead, it's a step-by-step formula for changing your relationship with alcohol. The course will help you turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You will sleep better and have more energy. You'll look better and feel better. You'll have more patience and less anxiety. And with my approach, you won't feel deprived or isolated in the process. So if you're interested in learning more about all the details, please go to www.sobrietystarterkit.com. You can start at any time, and I would love to see you in the course. Yeah. So um, it all starts with like non-alcoholic beer traditionally. There hadn't been much thought to ingredient selection, process, marketing, anything really. It was just like a boilerplate product that got blasted out to the market and was like cheapest possible at every turn. Um, we wanted to just elevate non-alcoholic beer to like an amazing taste and experience. And that all starts with the ingredient selection. Um, we use organic Vienna malt, which is super high quality, hardy malt as the base malt for all of our beer. Um, and then the hops, we all we source mostly from the Pacific Northwest and the Yakima Valley. Um up near you in Washington. Um, and just recently, our teams went to the hop harvest on both coasts, in both the Northwest and up in Maine. Um, we support a couple of hop growers up there as well, um, but did our hop selection for the year ahead. Um, but those are two of the main ingredients uh, in the beer. It's just water, hops, uh, barley, and yeast. So it's four clean ingredients, super easy. And Rather than brew, most non-alcoholic beers made by brewing a full-strength beer, and then it's run through an aggressive process that dealkalizes it, um, and that could either be burning off the alcohol or aggressively filtering it out. And a lot of the like delicacies of fermentation and beer are lost when you do those processes. At Athletic, we don't have one step, but we have like ten different steps that um, kind of a mosaic of changes, if you will, where um, we brew a fully fermented beer that's 
below 0.5%. So it has all the nuances and byproducts of fermentation, like the esters and aromas. And um, so, yeah, it's a much more delicate process than traditional non-alcoholic beer, but it's, uh, we do own all our own breweries. So like we own quality from ingredient selection to brewing the beer, fermenting, packaging, and lab and sensory. So like we take a lot of pride in our quality from end to end. Yeah. And it definitely, I mean, it, you know, some other ones I've tried years ago taste really watery or metallic or, you know, just not as good as the ones that you're making. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's an industry up and coming. So there's, uh, we're excited for more and more new entrants to be coming into the category and like the whole category to be elevated with better offerings. Um, you mentioned a couple exciting ones earlier that, um, it's fun to see like the whole category grow and we have a lot of friends in the industry. Yeah. So what kind of growth have you seen? Um, well, I, I think the tailwinds of the industry are really just natural to the population seeking like healthier, more mindful offerings. Um, and it like kind of jives with um, like health habits of the population as a whole. And especially Gen Z and millennials are really drinking less and less every generation. Um, and I kind of saw that over the evolution of my financial career where I was in finance for 12 years before I left to start athletic. And um, in the beginning, um, it was everyone was going out to work dinners four nights a week and drinking and coming in hungover and all that. And it had really changed to a mindset over towards the end where client events were equally as likely to be at a soul cycle or a workout studio as they were a steakhouse. Um, and I think that's, evident of a trend going on in broader society um but yeah the non-alcoholic beer category has grown over so it hadn't really grown in 30 years and then since 2018 it's grown over 400 percent um and the craft non-alcoholic beer category has been the fastest growing category in beer for the last three years um and Athletic brewing has been the fastest growing brewery in the country, uh, alcoholic or not, the last two years. Oh, um, really? That's which amazing. Has, which has been really fun. Yeah. As like everyone, like it was this idea that like no one thought at any potential. And like now we're outgrowing like any brewery in the country and so much fun. Um, but it, it really is like it's great to like bring a growth driver to the industry, too. Yeah. And I, you know, I love how you said earlier when we were chatting, you said you were non-alcoholic beer was always in the penalty box. And that cracked me up because I think you went to college in Vermont. So are you a big hockey fan? Yeah, our hockey team at Middlebury was great, too. Um, so it was a lot of fun going to all those games. And um, up there, there was um, amazing craft beer everywhere too that's really where i fell in love with beer but so many like the early pioneers in beer were up there or in craft beer like long trail magic hat alchemist and a number of others yeah that's awesome i actually played ice hockey in high school so i was like oh yeah the penalty box that's perfect yeah i know it's very real for sure it, it was a really weird feeling like stopping drinking and then just not having anything to order and it was always such an awkward experience when like a waiter would come over and ask, like, take it like a whole table's orders. And I'd ask like, Oh, do you have any non-alcoholic beer or non-alcoholic drinks? And they'd be like, what? <laughs> and you'd have to be like, non-alcoholic beer. And they'd be like, 
maybe I'll go check. And like the whole table would go on hold while they go like check. Yeah. And it just made me feel like, I don't know, such an alien and outsider and uh, definitely wanted to like lower the bar towards making those healthy choices. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I went to an Italian restaurant around me and, and, you know, sometimes at those restaurants, I always order, you know, a non-alcoholic mojito. You know, I think it tastes amazing and they all know how to make mojitos and stuff. So the guy brings out my husband's drink and mine and he was like, here's your fake mojito. And I was just like, what the hell? (laughs) It's just a non, you know, why is it fake? Anyway, that totally pissed me off. Yeah. But it is cool. I had one like really similar experience where um, I was in LA, which has like an amazing food scene in 2019 pre COVID. And I was at a really good Italian restaurant and I was so excited about the meal. And then I was like, what non-alcoholic drinks do you have? Do you have like a non-alcoholic cocktail menu or non-alcoholic beers? And the guy was like, no. And he was like, we have uh, like diet soda. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I was like, this is, it's like such a bad pairing for food like when they don't have good non-alcoholic drinks. And it's like, almost feels so exclusionary and like, yeah. And food pairings are so important. Like I love that it's changing. And also the other thing I found is that typically waiters and waitresses are the ones who kind of give you that like deer in the headlights blank look bartenders I've found are pretty amazing with non-alcoholic drinks. Like they're used to making cocktails and trying different things. And they actually think it's fun when you ask for something without alcohol, like a challenge. Yeah. And a lot of bartenders don't drink anymore. Also, like it's like, they're like, they get sick of drinking too. And like, it's kind of like the same groundhog day over and over again for them, like drinking hungover, drinking hungover. And um, I, I totally agree. And it it's like embarrassing for restaurants these days. And I think what also, uh, I've seen much more of these days too, is people going from alcoholic to non-alcoholic in like the same seating almost mm-hmm. where, so like that kind of like flex sobriety in a lot of ways, or like the pacer drink, um, also lowers the barrier to, to stopping drinking. If like people in your group are both drinking and non-drinking, either in the same day or different days too. So, Yeah. And I loved it when I saw Athletic at my local grocery store right down the street. And I know it's it's getting in more restaurants and lots of different places. How are you guys working on that? Yeah, just kind of store to store. And um, we've been really lucky with some great chain partners. And yeah, anyone from Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, um, uh, Kroger, Bevmo, Total Wine, like we're trying to get out there everywhere. Yeah. Well, and also you can order online. So just in case anyone's interested, because I'm a, I'm an ambassador, if you go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and it's your first order, you can enter in the code KCD20 and you can get 20% off. So it's my name, Casey, letter D20. I'm going to use that for my next order. <laughs> I think you get a good discount. I'm, so I think you're okay. I'm I'm a full price paying customer over here. I'll definitely use that. Are you serious? You don't get an ambassador discount or anything? Oh, I could. I, I just ordered so much beer. I feel bad using it. So <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so I heard you have your own podcast as well, the Without Compromise podcast. 
And I listened to the first episode, which was you being interviewed. And you said that the thing you're most proud of in life is getting sober, quitting drinking eight years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about that or why it's so important to you? Yeah, for sure. And Mason does an incredible job with the podcast, getting on such good guests in all episodes except that one. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, but yeah, it was really, um, it, it was such an unlock in productivity in my life too. And it had been just like such an unproductive habit. Um, and it's something that I, I should have realized so much earlier than I had. Um, but it was just like such a habit and it, the world is a stressful place. And like my job was super stressful and it was so easy to keep drinking and it was so hard socially to not drink and all those things. And I wish I had seen it earlier, but I'm glad I saw it when I did. Um, and in, in the years that followed, like, and even like immediately following, um, like my sleep improved so much. Um, my relationship with my wife and like, our quality time was like higher quality and like um, it wasn't always like centered around drinks and stuff. When I worked out, I felt like I wanted to accelerate the whole time. And one thing I noticed too was like, like, yes, drinking alcohol would kind of like numb the stresses of the day, but it would also turn off my intellectual curiosity at night too. And when I stopped drinking, I had this intellectual curiosity turned back on that I hadn't had since like high school. And I found myself like going down like internet rabbit holes and like education, like looking back on things that I hadn't looked at in forever. And um, like the science behind athletic brewing was something I probably would have never explored had I been drinking still. And I definitely never would have picked up a textbook and I've probably read 10 times as many books since I stopped drinking. And um, so it's, it's definitely just overall been a really positive choice and the funny thing is I probably still drink just as much beer and I think I enjoy the beers more now and the social situations when um, in the final few years of my drinking, like when I would go on a bachelor party and see friends I hadn't seen in so long, if it was centered around a lot of drinking, like so much of that would be lost and not really remembered well as quality time. But like I've gone on three or four bachelor parties sober and like when I see my friends, it's like it's it's such great time, like genuinely catching up and remembering those special moments and everything. So um, yeah, definitely all around a positive decision. And um, kind of, as you were saying before too, like I made sure to replace it with things that I liked and not making it just like a deprivation or subtraction from my life, but like something positive truly. Yeah. I, I can completely see that. I did the same thing. I was sort of working full time with kids when I was drinking and sort of barely making it through the day and felt like I was just at the end of my rope and then suddenly stopped drinking. And after I got through the difficult part, I suddenly had time and energy and curiosity to still work full time and have my kids and go back to coaching school and go on retreats and run a 10k and all these things that, you know, I thought I had zero time for because my life was so busy. And truly, I was just losing three hours kind of every night, not remembering shows or conversations and then being pretty hungover most days and just kind of barely getting through or overcompensating to function. 
And when you take all that away, suddenly you do have your intellectual curiosity back and you do feel well enough to go work out in the mornings and all that good stuff. Yeah. It it is an amazing feeling too, having your feet hit the ground, like ready for the challenges of a new day every day. And um, it's, yeah, I've loved the experience. Awesome. Well, anything else you want to share before we wrap up? I don't think so. We covered a lot. Uh, Yeah. It's, we're just so excited about like what we have going on in the future. And um, like we're building another brewery in Connecticut and more and more available across the country, but so many fun events and um, yeah, just having fun out there. Oh, will you tell me about some of your most fun events, the ones you love that you guys participate in or that you're really looking forward to? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're the worldwide non-alcoholic beer of Ironman. Um, so that's definitely a big one for us. We're at every Ironman finish line around the globe. Um, we're the title sponsor of the San Diego Ironman. So we're looking forward to that in a couple of weeks. Um, but we're at almost every Spartan race and we do tons of local marathons and stuff like that. Um, we just had a, our annual Oktoberfest at the brewery a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, we have a bunch of events at the breweries and, um, but we're all over the country at Spartan races, Ironman and Ragnar races and a bunch of other stuff too. Oh, that is so cool. I have to say, I used to watch the Ironman on TV and like invariably they'd make me cry, right? They do those montages of the people of the race and their whole life story and then them sort of running across the lava fields. And by the end, I'm always like crying. It's so impressive. I've got to work myself up to one one of these years. Yeah. And I have so many girlfriends who do Ragnar. They absolutely love it. So that is very cool as well. Ragnar is amazing. It's such a cool experience. Yeah. And I know you guys also donate a portion of your sales to trails. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, So it's kind of in our ethos where our product is inherently health positive. So like the more people consume or the more society consumes, it has a positive impact on people's health. But then in our ethos is the impact on community and the environment also. And we donate 2% of all sales to trail and park cleanup. So our two for the trails program. And just a couple of weeks ago, we wrote a total of $920,000 of checks to 62 organizations all over the country um, for like trail and park cleanups, trail building, trail maintenance, new signs, new bridges, uh, new skate parks, new mountain biking parks, um, all sorts of different stuff. And so that was across 29 different States. And, um, yeah, part of every beer we sell goes to that and it's hard coded and it always will be. So, uh, that program is a little over a million dollars this year, which is the biggest corporate trail and park cleanup grant, um, in the country. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real honor and super exciting. Oh, thank you so much, Casey. I really appreciate you having me on and thank you so much for being an ambassador. And yeah, it was great to talk to you. You too. Hi there. If you are listening to this podcast, I'm betting you've been going back and forth for a while now on whether or not you should stop drinking. And I want you to raise your hand if you've had any one of these thoughts. You might have been thinking, I'm not that bad. I actually don't want to stop drinking completely. I just want to drink like a normal person. 
Or maybe you come home after work and you think, I know I shouldn't drink tonight, but I literally can't relax or have fun without it. It's really common to say, I've tried to take a break from drinking before, but it's just too hard. I always give up anyway. So what's the point in trying again? Or here's one I hear all the time from women. Everyone I know drinks. If I stop drinking, I will be bored or I'll be boring. I'll have no fun. I'll never be invited anywhere. I'll just sit home and be miserable. Or maybe you can insert whatever your reason is there. So is your hand up? If it is, that is totally okay. And that's because taking a break from drinking and changing your relationship with alcohol, this shit is hard. And that's why I'm really pumped to invite you to my brand new, completely free 60-minute masterclass, The Five Secrets to Successfully Take a Break from Drinking Even If You've Tried and You've Failed in the Past. After you take this free class, you'll realize why what you've been doing up until now hasn't been working and what to do instead. We're going to cover all the juicy topics, including what questions you need to stop asking yourself because they're setting you up for self-sabotage, not for success. We're going to talk about exactly what you need to do differently so you can stop the exhausting cycle of stopping drinking and then saying screw it and starting again. And we're going to talk about the real reasons you haven't been successful. And I'm betting they're not what you think they are. And this isn't surface level stuff. I am handing over the strategies and the mindset shifts I go through every day with my private coaching clients. If you're listening to this podcast, I really encourage you to take a moment and sign up for this completely free masterclass. It will help you on your journey to drink less and live more to feeling better. So if you want to save your spot, go to hello someday coaching.com forward slash class while the class is still available. And I really hope to see you there. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.